Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Backstage Podcast. My guest this week is mega YouTuber and fitness and martial arts expert Nick Drosos. I've been following his work for a long time and couldn't wait to have him on the podcast. He has an unbelievable and inspiring story that is most definitely worth sharing. On this episode, we discuss his challenging childhood, dealing with ADHD and dyslexia, and overcoming numerous other adversities while becoming a successful entrepreneur. I hope you enjoy this conversation. started nick yes george thank you for uh for opening up the studio <laughs> thank you for coming all the way from brassard to here <laughs> you, you almost left me no choice i think when we were when we were talking i told you where the studio was i think i heard the phone drop yeah. there was some swearing in the background some things were breaking i was like okay relax it's I'm, okay. I'm always like i'm visiting another country when i cross that bridge i'm like <laughs> i used to think like that bridge might fall one day i'm not going there my passport isn't up to date yeah you know? <laughs> No, but um, it's great. To, it's great to be here, and I appreciate it. And, and it's just funny, man. I, I feel like, and you were training a couple of friends before, so yeah. when I walked in, it was like total, you know, comfort level. Uh, but I just feel, and I had the same feeling with Terry Lindor. I don't know if you know him. He's this, uh, yeah, yeah. this creative uh, guy. He's an influencer. Uh, and I told him the exact same thing. I, there's this thing that social media does, and you almost feel like you know the person. Mm. Like, I feel like I've known you for years, probably because I've been following you on okay. your channel. And we're meeting now for the very first time. It's the most weird thing. See, I, I, I get that from people because I've met people in the social media. And it's hard sometimes because sometimes they're authentic to who they really are off on camera or what they post. Yeah. And sometimes they are the complete opposite. Mm. It's a persona. It's a character. And I, oh, like I, it's I, fake. Like the it, thing it's online fake. Is, it's okay. fake. And I tell and I, I tell people like I mean I'm on social media because of my work and because of what I do. If I wasn't, I don't see the need to mm -hmm. be there, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, and, and and I mean so much. And I tell people this is very important, you know. And they wanted me to go to to go to the university and talk about social media and how to build your business, and. It's a fake world, and sometimes people need to remember that. And all yeah. these social media influencers, all this can crash in a second. So wait, they, they wanted you to go and teach kids how to, uh, like, how to post on social media or how to become influencers? No, or? basically, they, like how social media helps in your business, ah, okay, right? Okay, like okay, they teach yeah, this yeah. in school yeah, now yeah, because yeah. times have changed. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I. Just like you, we've been through the transition where, you know, I was working at 13, at 16, I was at McDonald's. Yeah. I, I, I've been like, we used to do business the old way where you had to meet the person, sit down, shake their hands. You had to prove. Now it's like, it's a virtual type of connection that's kind of not real to a certain extent. And, you know, and at some point it has to become real. The only way to do it is to actually meet the person. So, um, but there's amazing benefits to having you know, social media and that presence and being able to build your name, your brand and your business. Yeah. No, but there's a, there's a huge impact, right? The, the, the social media has brought, like you said, obviously in business and in just people that want to be, you know, they want to do what you're doing, right? Yeah. They just, they have a passion and they just want to share it with the world. Yeah. And uh, it, it's crazy how social media has just shifted things. 
See, like, I mean, I, it's a true story, right? I was at the restaurant and the girl's like, oh my God, I've seen you on YouTube. I recognize you. Oh, she goes, I love your self-defense stuff. I'm like, oh, cool. She goes, I'm an influencer too. You know, I'm on social media. I got like 20,000 followers. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, what do you do? She goes, here. It's her in a G-string <laughs> sitting on a chair over and over. So I looked at her and I'm like, what do you do? She goes, and I, I wanted to let her know. She's like 20 years old. I'm like, what are you actually giving back to society? Yeah. How are you influencing? How are you making people grow? How are you challenging them? Whatever it is, what is the value that I'm getting by watching you sit on a chair with your G-string? Yeah. And that's the fake part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but even that, I mean, it can lead to endorsements and modeling contracts and a bunch of other stuff. Who knows what people are in these days? But yeah. I, I've seen a lot of stuff like that too. But you see, it's, how do I explain it? Um, the problem with that, and, and, and this is the younger generation. My son's 11, 12. He's probably going to get into it. I want to let him know it's not a real world. And that what's if all this crashes one day, what happens to all these influencers or these people in social media who think they're so, their life crashes in one second. And here's something very interesting, right? Your YouTube, your Instagram, your Facebook, you don't own any of them. Yeah. The platform owns them. At any point, they want to shut you down for whatever reason. They can. And I went through it through YouTube. I used to, I'll say it openly here, I used to make thousands a month on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Thousands. Mm -hmm. I'll say it openly. I've like, I've made up to three, $5,000 a month. Just residual income off YouTube. It's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, it's down to hundreds. Why? They changed the algorithm. They changed the platform and they said, hey, you want to stick around? You stick around. You don't? Too bad. And, you know, if I would have based my life on what I made on these social medias, it's over, I'd yeah. be screwed. Yeah. So that's the lesson I've learned that I'm able to share when I see people who want to go on social media and try to understand, like, like still build your brand irrelevant of what you're doing. But but it's it's crazy though because there's a lot of there's a lot of creatives that that took a hit there with uh, with this new YouTube. Uh... Like I mean, when I I, I was on um, you know I went on the. the what was it called? Uh, Dave Shapiro show in Toronto. And we were talking about that. And then we we're talking about some of the guests he's had. Some of these guys were making 30, 40, 50 grand and just boom, slashed 60, 70%. And again, people were pissed. I'm like, why are you pissed? It's, it's kind of like you're renting a space from YouTube to promote what you do. And at any point they could do whatever they want. So I tell people, unless you have your own platform, your own website, your own a mailing list, you have nothing. Yeah. You have just a bunch of people who are following you at any point. You're the flavor of the month and tomorrow the next guy comes and he becomes the next guy they're going to follow. Yeah. But it's true though, eh? because there's nothing really like YouTube, at least so far. Yeah. Right? So it's, you either, you know, you either live with it or you're done. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't kind yeah. of thing. There's nothing to compete. Nothing, and I don't see anything so far. Like people are like, oh, there's this platform, that platform. Nothing's ever come close to YouTube. I think it's too big to ever, and for something for now to go to YouTube. And that's why they, they could do what they want. Yeah. And they basically say, you don't like it. Get off, go somewhere else. They don't care. So I've learned now, well, how do I use my YouTube channel? I promote my programs that I sell online. I promote like my brand and my business. And the other things I do, I don't wait for Google to pay me anymore. Like, yeah. I mean, so that's, and that's businesses you're constantly shifting and you got to follow the trends and the waves and adapt every time. Wow. Uh, oh, look, so look, let, let, let's just start from the beginning. Maybe certain people maybe uh, don't know who you are. Um, you're a local kid from Montreal. Yeah. 
uh, tell me a little bit about that. How do you how do you become who you are today? And just to to get everyone uh, a little bit more aware, uh, you've like we've just said you've you've known a lot of success on YouTube. You have uh, several channels. I think you have three channels. Yeah, three channels. And you have like over half a million subscribers yeah. and a total of over a hundred million yeah, views. Yeah, that many. That's huge. I know it's 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 pretty. Um, I, sometimes you know things just fall in place without us planning stuff. Yeah. Like the universe gives you an opportunity and you say, do you take it or you don't take it? It was really f- by fluke when I started the YouTube channel. I was actually pursuing my acting career, which I loved acting, which is a, f- you're still an entertainer when you're in front yeah. of the camera. Yeah. And then uh, I said, you know what? I was like, I just turned 30. I'm like, you know, screw this acting thing. Five years, it's too much work. Uh, I mean, you're going audition after audition, never getting anything. And you're like, you know what? YouTube, I just started. I'm like, you know what? So let me look at this YouTube. You know what? Let me do what I love, which is self-defense, fitness. Let me open a YouTube channel and just post my stuff. Now, no awareness, no idea of anything. I just wanted to share my passion for teaching. Yeah. And it, it was to my complete, you know, by complete fluke that I jumped on the wave at the right time as it grew. Mm-hmm. And as my channel grew, and as well, the consistency of me posting, and then I looked at it as, oh shit, I'm building a brand, I'm building a business. Yeah. And then I reshifted and I said, okay, now I got to do it differently than I used to do it. Yeah. How long did it take for you to realize that, oh my God, this is, this is growing past what I ever imagined? Uh, when, I, when, I, when I hit about 150,000 followers... It and took that long. Yeah, I would. I would, I would have realized that in my case, a hundred. Wow. Yeah. Something's well, you see, on. my, my, my I, I, there's a post on Facebook, and I said, uh, you know, I was at fifteen thousand subscribers. I go, my goal is fifty thousand, and this and that. I, I, I made my vision board about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. My son was born. I said, okay, what do I really want from my life? And I wrote down everything exactly what I wanted. And I set a ten year plan. I sold myself short. Mm-hmm. I, I achieved. Everything I wanted to achieve, I traveled, I did, I did seminars around the world, I'm booking more seminars now, UK, uh, I might go to England, uh, I mean, yeah, UK, I might go to Ireland as well, do another seminar in Greece. Everything I wanted, I, I achieved and I got to, so I said to myself, I sold myself short because I was never expecting me to get to that point. Um, but again, with the whole social media, as I got into it and it grew and it grew, it grew. At the same time, I was learning through just actually doing what works and learning from what didn't work. Mm-hmm. But you knew what you were doing. I mean, martial arts was something that you started way before. I mean, it's yeah, not, I, you didn't just say I'm going to start a YouTube channel mm, and just fight. No, it was it was. I grew up in Park X on Wiseman and Liège and Cremisi. Mm. You know, like, I mean, I had all the Haitians on one side, the Greeks on the other. We used to scrap it all the time. We used to fight. Like, I mean, I was like at nine, eight, nine years old, I, I, I told my parents, I, I want to do, do martial arts. I want to learn how to fight. Like, I mean, I would get jumped and I would have to fight and I'd be like, so finally, like, I mean, I bitched and I cried to my parents and they finally put me in Kung Fu. And after that, I realized that's my life. I love martial arts. I love training. And I dedicated my entire life until today in the health and, 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 and wellness and, and, and fitness and all of that. So, and that's why I said, I tell people who want to do a channel or do something, people are like, I go, what are you passionate about first? Don't just be like, let me open a channel on real estate because real estate is, do you know anything about real estate? Do you love it? Are you passionate about it? Is this what you want to, 
So I start by what you love doing and then share and give that to people. Yeah. Uh, you, you talk very often about, you know, the troubled youth. Um, tell me a little bit about that. You, you, you've mentioned several times on, on your channels about school and just, you know, you, you just weren't meant for it. Look, I, I, uh, at 13, I, I, st- I was delivering the paper, I remember. I was working already. My dad was taking me to work. I was washing the buildings with him. At 16, uh, I was working already full-time at McDonald's. I was sleeping in class because I was so exhausted. At 17, I was sent to an adult school and because I was going to turn 18 and I was, I was like at grade nine. I, had, uh, I, I didn't know why I couldn't learn. I couldn't focus. Mind you, I was tired and growing up in the home that I did was not always the most stable home. So um, then, then going back to it, I went to the adult school and then I, had to, I remember I had to do an exam. This is, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I, I think it's kind of funny. I did an exam and they had to place me. And they placed me in elementary grade four. And I had to work. And this is your, your 17 now. Yeah. And I had to work from grade four to five to six and do exams. And I went up to secondary one, secondary two. And then I just, I couldn't. And then I just said, you know what? Fuck it. I dropped out of school. Mm-hmm. And I just... Went to work full time at McDonald's, and I remember, I remember the teacher telling me, the principal saying, "I'll never forget it." Tell me, I'll be surprised if you amount to anything. That, that's just insane. And I'm walking out of the class and thinking, walking out of the office, and I looked at him, and I'm thinking, I'm actually dropping out of school. I'm fucked. Well, yeah, because the, these are your mentors, right? You spend yeah. so much time in school. You look up to your teachers. You look up to the to the principal. Uh, you, you know, their advice is almost gold. Yeah. And for him to tell you, ah, I don't know about you. Yeah, my, it was it was the, the, the hardest thing. And then when I went, you know, I mean, you're flipping burgers at McDonald's and you're thinking, what the fuck? How am I going to do this? Yeah. What am I going to do in my life? How did that resonate with your family? Like, obviously, traditional Greek family, they're very, you know, uh, you know, their mindset is you're going to go to school, you're going to get an education and you're going to get a good job. You know how it is. I wasn't raised in a traditional family. Okay. My parents were like, drop out of school and go work. Yeah, yeah. They were not, they were not the traditional type. We had it a lot harder, you know, growing up. So um, for them, it was like, well, whatever, you know. They didn't at like eighteen. I was out of the house. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I was like, fuck this shit. I'm out of here. I took my stuff and I left, and I'll figure it out. And then at eighteen, nineteen, I wanted to go back to school. I go, I gotta go get a fucking high school diploma at least. I couldn't even get a job anywhere. Like I mean, and then. Um, I heard about a study that back then it was like they talked about ADHD. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I have this learning disorder mm-hmm. that I just can't figure it out and dyslexia. And um, and then I went to the children's hospital and they were doing a study for young adults and I volunteered. I wanted to know, like, do I have, is there something wrong with my fucking brain? Yeah. And then I did the exams and the test of ADHD and everything. And at the end, the doctor's like, well, you have ADHD, there's low, mild, high. You're at medium ADHD and you have minor dyslexia. Mm-hmm. This is why you have problems concentrating, focusing, and learning. So I said, oh, okay, so what, what do, do I, I do? What do I do? <laughs> yeah. He goes, well, the first thing, you would need medication, right, to help you. And I remember saying like, like, okay, so I go, so how does this work? Like I take the pills and I'm smart, I'm off them, I'm dumb. Like, I mean, I, I don't know anything. This is what we're talking about fucking 20 years ago. I'm 42. Yeah like more than 20 years ago. And he goes, well, pretty much. Like you need to take your medication and 
and uh, you need to go to like we would need to set you up at a special school to help you learn the way you learn and I said and I go I, you need the pills I said look doc I said call me stupid call me dumb but I'm not putting this stuff in my body mm-hmm. I'm like back then I was ready I already had a holistic approach on I eat well I exercise you know what I mean I, I wanted to be healthy and I was like I, I don't know the long term effects and thank God I never took it because there is long term effects to this shit and I just basically said fuck it I never went back to school and I, I'll figure it out on my own Mm-hmm. And it wasn't an easy ride. Yeah, uh, I fucking failed. I fucked up shit. Like you can't believe it. And you know, then I, I then I was like, okay, I went to work on Saint Laurent Street. I was working in clubs as a doorman, as a bouncer, and, and it was a uh, <clears throat> it was a roller coaster ride for me. But uh, you know, I, I you know sometimes when I think about today, and it's, it's interesting because I was talking to a friend a couple of days ago, and she people always ask me, how did you, how did you get to where you are? I said one, and I said openly, I, you know, I was 23, 24, my life crashed. I mean, you, know, you get to the point where you're rock bottom, where you know, like you can't hit any fucking lower. Any lower, it's because you're you're thinking of fucking you know jumping off a bridge, and you're like fuck it. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to see a coach, a therapist, whatever you want to call her. And I say it openly because I think, yeah, I think if you haven't seen one in your life, you probably have issues because we all have issues and Mm -hmm. it's about being able. And then I, I embarked in this journey with her and, and, you know, and till today she's there as a mentor, as a coach, and she's been a very big influence in my life. And ever since then, I just took baby steps and learning, learning how to learn and teach myself reading listening you know I'm, I'm more auditory so you know listening to po- podcasts listening to influential people listen reading books and, and learning how to teach that's why you have whiteboards all over the gym i have my own system that i created through trial and error on what helps me function mm-hmm. do you um do you come across people that have uh you know the same problems or the same issues i mean do people look up to you now uh, for you to guide them, it, you know it's it's it always it always freaks me out when I do because I'm like I always think like you're questioning if you're the right person. If I, if, like I mean, <laughs> but but yet I might not have the educational degree. Yeah, but I have the fucking life experience. Yeah, exactly. I've been through so much. Like, I mean, a marriage, divorce. People come to me for relationship. I'm like, I'm like. I'm single and I'm divorced. Why are you coming to me? They're like, Nick, because you've been through all the shit that I'm thinking of going through and how can you help me? Like, you know, I have a friend of mine, you know, he's probably on the brink of divorce. Like, Nick, like, when do you know to pull, like, to pull the plug? When do you, I'm like, that's the tough question and I'll coach him. And and then I have young, you know, I train like 20 year olds who already are lost in life or feeling depressed and it's like, and sometimes it's weird because I look at these kids and I'm like, as one kid, I'm like, you have everything, man. Yeah. You have fucking great parents. Your parents have money. They're helping you. They're supporting you during school. And you're stressed out over life? Are you fucking kidding me? You look at what you went through and you're like, dude, you have no idea what hard Fuck, is. man. <laughs> you know what it is to be like 7, 18, 19 out of the house on your own flipping burgers at McDonald's and can't make your car payment and, you know, you, you, you go to your dad and he tells you it's your car, your problem, figure it out. And you got to borrow money from a friend to make a car payment to sell it until you get back to your feet to buy another. God, man, fuck, it's hard. So, But all this, 
has made me extreme. People tell me I'm extremely resilient. Mm-hmm. I'm resilient. Yeah, well, I'm, see, I'm, I, I, I was going to get to that when you were you were just saying that. I'm like, obviously, you don't want to go through that journey, right? In your life, you want to have you know, quote unquote, the most normal childhood. But yeah. the fact that you had all these challenges to overcome it kind of obviously contributed to the person that you became today. I, it took me the hardest thing to learn to say, I wouldn't change one thing in my life to be sitting here next to you. That's difficult to say, knowing what you've been through. Yeah, and I say <laughs> it because it made me and it forged my character, my personality, my resilience. I would say as well, people who know me, my kindness yeah, and my care for people. I actually care as a trainer I actually care about my clients. I actually, you know, they come here to train, physically train. But I'm like, I always tell people what these walls I've heard you can't imagine. Because yeah. when people train, there's also an emotional aspect that comes out. And For people sure. break down. Everybody's going through so much shit. And sometimes you see the happiest people who are smiling are the ones who are suffering the most. Mm-hmm. So I let people, I let people know, don't be, don't be fooled by that, mm-hmm. you know. But to go back to that resilience... I wouldn't change it for anything. And today, I'm people are like I'm, I'm fearless in the sense that, you know, I, I wanna. I did my men's talk show. We had the idea with Andrew. A month later, we were filming. Yeah. What if it fails? I don't. The word failure doesn't exist Just to me. Do it, yeah. Failure means I did it a certain way that didn't work. I'm gonna try it another way. And so that 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 fear it doesn't exist in me anymore. So I'll, I'll, I'll start any project. I'll do anything. I'm but that's also the wonderful thing about, you know, the whole online world, right? Where it's just a Facebook, uh, Facebook. It's just a YouTube show, right? Yeah. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You're absolutely right. And at the end, I say, it's my show. You don't like it. I could. I already. You, swear you can do whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. You don't like it. Fuck off. Go see somebody else. Go yeah. listen. Go listen. Go next. Go. Go see the next guy. Just yeah. like you. It's your show. You could say what you want. You could. You know. Whether every somebody's offended by what you say. Guess what? Turn the channel and listen to somebody else. But see, this is what I love about these platforms, right? Very little cost to enter. You can do whatever you want, and you know you don't have to go all the way out, right? Yeah. It's a little cell phone. We're talking about before we went online. Uh, how you know cell phones are becoming so amazing, photos and videos. I mean, just, you can do whatever you want. With today, the access that we have, <coughs> I tell people, you have no reason not to be able to pursue your dream. Yeah. And what I mean by that, if your dreams to be a photographer, if your dreams to be a movie artist, if your dreams to be, you could learn and self teach yourself anything with all the access that you have you have no excuses i tell people yeah. and it doesn't got to be big like i i did a movie for the montreal greek film festival finally it's coming out and I, it, we're probably it's probably going to be coming out next month that we're going to be launching it and i'm like i mean my dream was to be an actor guess what i'm going to be a f- i'm yeah i'm not going to wait for a producer to call me i'm going to create my own show yeah. i'm going to create my own movie i'm going to write my own movie produce my own movie and I'm not going to wait for anybody to give me opportunity. And on top of that, with all the visibility and, you know, the the, the, the followers that you have, it's now, it's so easy to share well, these it, things. It, it's, I'm, I'm, I mean, I've gotten, you know, people from LA who've called me, who've watched my videos, what I, what I do. I've had interviews with different people who want to already put me in movies in the future. And I mean, just that. But here's the, the number one thing, because I'm actually help. I'm coaching somebody right now in the Netherlands. 
And I go, you just got to have the balls to put yourself out there. And the, the scary, real scary thing why people don't do it, they're afraid that they're going to be not good, that they're going to be shit, that somebody's going to laugh at them, make fun of them, that they're not going to be to the standard. And I said, don't wait till you become great at something. Start and become good as you do it. Because yeah. you're never born or you're never going to be great at it the first time. It's with time that you become better and better and better and better. But I think <clears throat> I think you nailed it more than anything. I think it's the the concern they have about what people might see. Yeah. Right? And and I've seen that. I mean, look, I spent 11 <coughs> I spent 11 years in politics and I've I've transitioned into business. You know, I'm 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 working with my wife and we're developing her family business which is in commercial cleaning and people are are telling me they're like what like how do you go from politics yeah. to, to, to cleaning and I'm telling them well because if you put down the hours I yeah. used to put it like I had no life no like there was no schedule yeah. it was just put it in whatever amount of hours a day whatever amount of hours a week and when you're looking at the end result you're thinking how could I have been so dumb not that I judge everything that I've done yeah. I love I loved my job before But when you're seeing that the alternative exists and it could be better, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you don't care what people have to to, to, no, to, to say. I, I, and it still happens, right? It still happens. You know, I run into so many people that are like, so uh, what's going on? Are you looking, uh, are you open? I'm like, first of all, I'm always open. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't really want to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're home with my wife every single day uh, in the morning because obviously the, the most of the work is in the evenings and at nights. Uh, very few parents have the opportunity to, to have the kids at home all day. My That's kids aren't in school yet, right? So uh, no one no one has this opportunity. And I and my wife made me realize it because, I mean, she's been doing it for uh, for a number of years now. And in the beginning, it was just so difficult, man, the transition. I remember, like, after we lost the, the elections in 2018, like, a couple days later, I wake up and it's like 10, 10.30, You know the kids bouncing on me, and I was thinking, what, what, what am I doing here? I, I, I'm not supposed to be home, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I just slowly, you know, transitioned into that, you know, quote unquote normalcy where, you know, maybe this is. Yeah, it's it's true because sometimes we we we're ch chasing the wrong goal. Yeah. And we realize, is it really worth it? What we're doing it? And I always tell people, ask yourself, what is the real, real motive behind what you're doing? Yeah. What is the real purpose of You know, your goal, your objective, your overall mission. You need to know that or else you're just, you're moving forward, really not knowing where you're going. But some, but, but you can very easily be blinded, right? Like yeah. I, I enjoyed what I did. I mean, you know, I, there was many times that I just wanted to leave because it's difficult doing politics. It's, it's very challenging and it takes a toll on everything. It takes a toll on you, on your, on your life, on, you know, your marriage, your family. Like it yeah. takes its toll, right? Um, and, and you know what's, sorry, I'm cutting you off. And you're saying something interesting because... Those are important things of that we course. neglect. Our, we neglect sometimes our family, our wives, our kids for work and our career. But the base of why we're doing it is for them. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, how much more can you take in? Yeah, exactly. So, no, but that's the thing. You think that this is it. This is what I'm doing. And, you, you know, you're doing it for so many years. You, your mind has almost gone on automatic yeah you're right? right good point so you're like okay this is this is it this is my life and this is what i'll be doing and you kind of condition yourself to enjoy it and to like it and to make the best of it yeah. right uh and then when something else comes along first of all that transition is at least for me and then you're still you're still questioning yourself i mean you're like is this what i should be doing i mean i'm not i'm not sure and we're lost you know i had on the podcast this uh this guy harold harold fortin who was the premier's Uh, communications advisor. So this guy, like, if I thought my life was 
all over the place like this kid's life was. Like he didn't have one. Okay. <laughs> you know, he didn't have one. And he was telling me like after we went off air and we're just talking and he's like, you know, I, I'm not sure what I want to do. And I'm like, dude, you work for the fucking premier. You yeah, know what I mean? You yeah. can do whatever you want. Yeah. He's like, George, it's not that simple, man. It's not that obvious. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what? I'm like, all these contacts you've made. And then towards the end of his career, he was uh, his international affairs advisor. So he's made contacts all over the world. And he just, he, uh, maybe it was too soon after the elections. I don't know what it was, but uh, I mean, he's doing well now. He's on, he's on radio and he's on TV and he's, uh, he joined the consulting uh, firm. Uh, but even him, he was questioning. And I always thought that, dude, you make it to the premier's office, yeah, yeah. you're set. There's no, there's no problem. I guess I, I guess you know when I from 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 that I, I don't know how what the logistics are behind that and what are the perks or what you get or what you don't get, but it, it you know I mean I mean I want to go back to something that's so interesting is that that you said is that so many people live according to you know other people's other people's values you yeah. know we're Greek traditional we 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 live to make our parents happy we live to make or other, we care so much about what other people think because, I mean, sadly, our society is kind of built like that sometimes. And I tell people true freedom, you are truly, truly 100% free when you do not care what anybody thinks and you live your life under your terms and your conditions. I consider myself completely free. I'm not, um, I'm not, I do, I live life under my terms. I have nothing to prove to anybody. I don't know anything to anybody. So I do what I want, how I want. Do I care what people think? There's a handful of people that I care about their opinion mm -hmm. because I, I value their opinion because I, I respect them as well. I'll go to them, what do you think? And I'll ask all five of them and get all their opinion. But at the end, it's my life. I can only make that choice. Yeah. Tell me about being a parent and how that changed everything. Uh, given the circumstances and given you know the situation that you that you were going through, uh, how does that change things? Wow, you know, um, you know, uh, fuck, it's so hard to talk about this. It changed it. It changed me so much in the sense that whatever I didn't get, I made sure to give it to my son. Yeah, I, I'm. Living my childhood through my son, as well as everything that that a father should give, or that I didn't get, I said to myself, "I will make sure that my son gets everything." Maybe I'm actually compensating because I give him way too much, but um, I want to give him the life that. Sometimes I wish I had. Yeah, I never traveled with my dad. I never played with them. I never. So I do as much as I could with them, and I try to be as best. And I also, it's a chance for me to to heal my childhood wounds, whatever yeah. was left as a child, by giving my son all the love. I feel like I'm. I'm, I'm also ending a vicious circle mm -hmm. and I also feel that I'm giving my son something back and at the same time, I'm also getting something out of it. Yeah. And I'm also proud to say, you know what? I do the best that I could for him. And that to me is, is amazing because at the end, 
you know what I mean? It's like, how much more can I take in for myself? It's mm-hmm. about sharing with the people you care and you love. And it gives, like, <clears throat> and it gives I guess, more purpose to what you're doing, right? I mean, it, it keeps you going. It's tough. It's tough to run a business. I mean, because that's what it is. Pe- people think that you're just a guy putting up videos on YouTube. No, no. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know, I'm. we're opening a gym now. Like, I mean, I have my studio here, but we're opening a gym. And I have my son on the weekends. And sometimes I feel so bad because... He's like, daddy, you know, uh, and I tr- like, I mean, I'm divorced, which is another fucking tough thing to deal with. Yeah. And then I have him on the weekends. I work 10, 12 hours a day. I have him on the weekends and I, I sometimes have to catch up on my work, but then he wants to spend time with me. So I'm juggling. So I take him to my meetings. Yeah. We went to see a location. I'm like, okay, no, you know what? You got to come with me. We got to go see a location. It's only going to take an hour. He's like, okay. So I bring him to the location. No, what do you think? You think it's nice? Oh yeah, daddy, it's cool. He's like, okay sit down, I just have him, it's only going to take half an hour, and then I'm talking to the guy about renting the space, what's it going to cost, square footage, this, that, that, and he's sitting there, part of me feels bad, the other part feels like me, no, fuck, it's good, because he's learning about business, and the he's hustle. listening, yeah. and the hustle, and I'm being an example as a father of what I want my son to be raised as, so at the same time, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm still contributing to his, to his personal growth, and I, it's crazy, because like, you know, I listen to Jordan Peterson. I listen to, uh, <clears throat> you know, Sadhguru. Like, I listen to different speakers and I make him listen to everything. And does he listen or? No, he's like, he's playing. I, I don't care because he's still recording it somewhere. Yeah. So I'll play it in the car. I'm like, no, I'll, he goes, daddy, I understand. I go, just listen to it. Don't worry, I'll explain it to you after. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to make sure, because one of my, the important thing as a father, I tell people, is I want to make sure that, um, I want to make sure that I raise him as best as I could with the least amount of damage that I could that I could do and, and give him all the tools that I didn't get that when he gets older that he's completely independent of me. Yeah. That's that's the way I see it. But he's but has he, I mean he's he's 11 12 years 11 said? yeah. He's realized. I mean, what's going on? He he knows. He understands now that you know YouTube and you're you're this big guy and you're doing videos and yeah, he sees it. Like even like, does he comprehend the whole you know social media he, frenzy? He, he does because even like kids in his school have seen my videos. No way. Yeah, it's really cool. He's like, yeah, I saw your dad on. Uh, yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, he sees it, but he doesn't understand what goes behind it. He's not with me during the week. He doesn't know how much I work. Yeah, he sees it on the weekend, and I purposely, like I said, sometimes I'll bring him to meetings just so he could listen and, and, and try to learn and understand. And uh, he doesn't know the hours of work. Like people always tell me, oh, I want to open a YouTube channel. I'm like, do you know what's involved in it? How many hours? And I had a guy open a recent uh, friend, open a YouTube channel. And he's like, man, it's fucking hard. And I'm not making any money. And I'm putting all these hours. I'm like, what did you think it was? Because you're thinking about making money. That's the thing. If motivation, and I tell people, if motivate, if you're motivated by money, you are setting up yourself for failure. Yeah. Because if the money doesn't come as fast as you want, you're going to end up quitting yeah. what you're doing. Because like, hey, I'm you're doing feel this disappointed, and yeah. I'm not making money. And I'm like, look, <clears throat> tell yourself for the next one to three years, you're not going to make a penny. Yeah. If you're willing to say that to yourself, then you're good. If you do, it's a bonus. If you don't, it doesn't matter. You keep going forward. But just to get back to your kid, this is what I find amazing, especially in your uh, in, in your uh, scenario. <coughs> you're documenting your entire life, right? Because it's not only about self-defense videos. You yeah. do a lot of motivational stuff. Yeah. You do a lot of personal uh, development. Uh, and you're putting everything out there. And what's amazing is that, especially for your kid, 
eventually when the time comes where he's going to be at that age where he's going to understand more yeah. that he's going to want to learn more everything is documented yeah that's, I, the, I, that's the amazing you know what? thing I, i've done my like like a lot of motivational stuff i i've held back to share a good 30 40 percent so even though people here i only say what as i've heard people say well you share your life i'm like actually no you yeah. think I'm sharing my I'm sharing what I feel comfortable for you well, obviously and the listeners. Gonna, yeah. But there's other stuff that maybe I'll share when I'm fifty. And it's you know, I actually registered my book called My Dyslexic Life. Okay. And I got a you know, that I'm gonna be working on with a ghostwriter in the next couple of years. Uh and that's when I'm gonna spill, you know, really share my life. And <clears throat> And it's kind of scary at the same time. So when people tell me, I, I only you only know part of it, yeah. which I feel comfortable enough to share. And when people say, oh, wow, it sounded like you had it hard. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? And for me, it's kind of, oh, yeah, okay. I, I don't, it's 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 not as, I don't see it because I've, I've worked with, you know, and I've met other people where I'm like, wow, my fucking, you know, my father tells me his childhood story or what I know of it. And I, it, it I had a vacation. <laughs> I had a vacation. Yeah. Everything is relative. Yeah. Relative. It's perception and relativity to, you know, I had it much better than he had it and he had it a lot worse than he had it and so be it and so yeah, go on, yeah, you know? Yeah, so yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your channels. This is what I love um, about what you do and that's what attracted me to your channel way before, you know, uh, I had seen you anywhere else, you know, like through common friends or whatever. Um, it's it's real. There, there's yeah. no there's no BS. There's no choreography. Uh, you know, you get attacked in the street. You're not going to be thinking about steps. Step yeah. one, two, three. Uh, that's just what I love. Eye gouging, just fucking break his nose, hook his lip. Uh, it's just different, and you don't see a lot of these things. See, I, I, I they <laughs> made they made a they made a, a blog, and they they said the top five self defense channels, the most real, and they put me in number one. I was interviewed by McDojo Life, who these guys bash everybody. Yeah. And the guy's like, you're the most real guy I've seen. And that's why he wanted to interview me. And I think one of the reasons why I'm so authentic in what I teach, one, I worked in clubs for like seven, eight years. I was a doorman. I saw real shit happen. And my source of teaching comes from that. The second thing is I teach, I, I teach real you know, I, I've put all my years of experience and training together and I teach from a place of experience and completely authentic and real. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I tell people, and I said this on, on another podcast, I go, we as a self-defense instructor have the social and moral responsibility to teach people self-defense. The last thing I want is somebody learning something stupid that's going to get you killed, hurt, yeah. right? I, my, I always think about my son's going to watch these videos. Do I want him? Do I want to teach him something stupid that's going to get him killed? No, and like I mean, millions of people watch my videos, and the last thing I want is to get an email saying, "You know what? I I did what you said, and I got fucking stabbed." Yeah, you know what I mean. And I can't. I can't. First of all, there's always a possibility for anything. Yes, that's right? yeah. It could happen. Yeah. But I mean, I, I've made a video like where I'm teaching, you know, mugging against knife. You know, mm -hmm. guys in close quarter, he wants your money. Well, in the video, I taught. How to give your money, the strategy, even giving your money, take a step back, move your arm forward, give them the money, put the money down, create distance and space. Nobody does that. They all teach you something stupid that's going to get you killed. But maybe at that very moment, 
you know, I, you know, that's the best way for you to survive. Are you yeah. well, willing to die for what's in your pocket? That's your choice. I tell yeah. people that's your own personal choice. Would I do it? Maybe yes, maybe no. It depends on the circumstances. But I mean, there's obviously a base in what you teach. You 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 studied martial arts, but and this is what I was gonna. You mentioned partly. Uh, most of it comes from your experience as a doorman. Yeah. Like real life yeah. close quarters or. Uh, so this is something that you created then your, 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 your style of fight is something that you've taken uh, all these experiences and you've created your kind of whiff yeah fight. like I took all the martial arts that I've that I've done over the years and then when I start working in clubs I realize okay grappling is great but I'm not going to grapple a guy in a staircase so what's the benefits of grappling you know boxing is great but if the guy's got a knife I'm not going to box him I got to trap the knife so <coughs> through trial and error right I I I started dissecting stuff. I'm like, okay, how do I create a simple system that like in three months I could teach you everything you have to learn. Mm-hmm. And after that, it's just training over and over and over. It's about repetition after that. It's about learning less and training more. Yeah. Have you ever had anyone come back and say, oh my God, dude, thanks for that video. It saved my life. I was in this situation or in that situation. And uh, thank God, you know, I follow your channel or thank God, you know, for everything that you've taught me. Uh, like, have you gotten any feedback from I, either, I, you know, students or people that are... <coughs> yeah. I've had many, but two that really, like, I really saved their life. One of them was uh, in the States. The guy was like in some kind of concert outside. Yeah. And there was a fight and the guy pulled out a knife and he had watched my video how to use a chair against an improvised weapon. And he goes, he knew no martial arts, he knew nothing, he had just seen my video, and he goes, I picked up the chair and I started waving it and screaming and everybody kind of made a circle because everybody was scared because he was holding a knife and by fluke, I hit his hand without just complete fluke, the knife dropped, everybody jumped in, but he goes, those few seconds yeah. saved my life and another guy in the UK, he got stabbed with a knife, he had watched one of my videos, he goes, I got stabbed once, the second time, I remember your video, you were saying like trap the knife. I just trapped. I, he goes, I remember I just trapped. I held on after getting stabbed once and I just started hitting the guy. So he goes, had I not trapped that knife, I maybe would have got stabbed five, six, yeah. seven, eight times. So, I mean, those little things are, will make the entire difference. You know, it's incredible. I'm, I'm listening to you talk and, you know, we're lucky to be living in a city where yeah. there's not much going on. No. I mean, you can you can you can be unlucky and like know, I mean, come across I, some. I violence, mean, it's it's pretty crazy because I went out two weeks ago, and I don't go out much. And most of the shit that I've seen happen was working in clubs. You got alcohol, you got ego, or male testosterone. Everybody thinks a yeah. tough guy. Girls yeah. are watching, and I'm outside. I'm outside a club, and there's a fight about to break out, like three four guys against another two guys, and somebody got involved. And right in front of me. A fucking, I haven't seen one in years. And I'm like, oh shit, that's why I haven't seen a fight. I don't go out anymore. (laughs) A big brawl. And I'm like, I'm about to get involved. And finally it broke up. And I'm always like, careful because you don't know who's who. Somebody, like, I mean, nobody was in threat because if I felt somebody was in threat, then I would have jumped in. But it was like, they threw a few punches. Then they started talking. I was still there, present to like kind of scope. And I would have jumped in if I had to do anything. But then it was just kind of diffused, you know? And, uh, but I mean, I'm. I mean, it, relatively, we live in a safe. It's pretty safe. <coughs> like yeah. I can think of some American cities where, <coughs> you know, you go out past a certain time, you're risking your life. <laughs> uh, one of the, one of the trainers I fight, Davis Dos Santos, he's a pro oh, yeah, fighter. Yeah, yeah. The guy's a beast. He's an animal. 
he went to Brazil. He was born in Brazil. Yeah. <clears throat> he grew up in the favelas, like yeah. in the streets, right? Yeah. He, he slept on a beach for months. He was telling me a story. I, I don't even want to pass by there like in a helicopter. He, I don't, he, I don't, he I don't went, be... he went, and right? And like, he, he went dressed like with his, his track pants and everything. To him, he's rich right now, yeah. right? So he walks in the favela, no. and he's about to go in, and he goes, there's this kid, he pulls out a gun on me. Wow. And he goes, I'm a trained fighter. He goes, I shit my pants. Obviously. Because they have like people making sure who comes in. And then he goes, I don't know if it was his sister or his cousin, ran down. They started talking and then finally they let him in. Once they let you in, you're kind of like more or less safe. But he goes, these these kids, they will shoot. Yeah, yeah. I'd be afraid of kids more than an adult. Because you don't know how they think, kids. Yeah. They you, don't, have no, you have no idea. I third, but anyway, he goes up to the kid. He goes, Mano, you know, I got pistolet, bomb. He's telling me the story. And I'm like, and here's a trained fighter. And he's like, they don't, they don't, no, no, they don't, don't fuck around there. They don't mess around. There's a funny story because my wife is Colombian. So oh, no way. Yeah. Shit. But, but see, this is, this is the reaction I usually get. And I was surprised when we actually went to Colombia. There's all these stereotypes, unfortunately, because yeah. it's such a beautiful country. Yeah. And you don't see any of, you know, the, the idea of narco. I'm sure that if you go somewhere far, like in the <laughs> regions or in the mountains, there's obviously uh, stuff going on. But, you know, the major cities have been cleaned up and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful country. And uh, one of her aunts uh, had like, or her brother had like this villa or whatever. So she gave it to us for a week. And it was off uh, in the north, like uh, Cartagena, you know. Yeah. And it's very secluded, so a very poor area, but there's some wealthy people that have yeah. there, and it's all cordoned off, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you have high walls, you know, uh, so you have people going there with the yachts. Like, very few people actually go from the from the village. So it was an amazing place, right? And there was, there was this couple that was taking care of everything. And at some point, he goes, I'm going to go to the city if you guys want to come. Uh, if not, stay here. But if you want to go and check it out, I, I have to come with you. So I was like, you know what, let's just go. We had to take out money also for some other stuff. So we were walking, and it's it's exactly what you said. There was like five, six kids. <laughs> they just circled around us, and they know the guy. I mean, yeah. he knows everyone, and he just gave the money, and he knew he came prepared, right? Yeah. So I see these kids coming around. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like I told you, I'm afraid of kids more than anyone yeah. else. So the guy just gave money, and they're like, yeah, okay, okay. And they're like all happy. Yeah. Like they knew each other, yeah. but he still had to pay to He's pass, in. you know? And I was like... Fuck this shit. And they'll fucking shoot you, man. They'll this, shoot I, you. I don't think they had any weapons, yeah. but then again, who knows, who knows you know? Yeah. But uh, it was an eye-opener, man. It was like, Jesus Christ, man. So, you know, I tell people, when I hear people complain, we live in the greatest country in the world. Like, I mean, you have, I mean, it's not perfect, like no other system, but I mean, we don't live in a constant fear, fight or flight, that somebody's going to fucking bomb us and planes are going to come down. Uh, this country gives you the opportunity to become and do anything that you want. And we usually take it for granted, right? We're like, oh, oh, yeah. It's not perfect. Uh, you know, my uh, my uh, my welfare check uh, wasn't what I expected. Dude, you're lucky you have yeah, one. Fuck <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know what it, I mean? It, it's crazy. But no, we are we are lucky. We are lucky. And you, you see what happens all over the world today and you're thinking, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, it's it's and and this is again when we talk about like being an entrepreneur and, and and opportunity. I always tell people when they when they when they try to you know tell me they don't they don't have the opportunity and and they're not getting that good job or their career. I'm like, bro, nobody's to blame but you. Nobody. I'm sorry if you think your it's your government's fault. If you think it's your parents' fault. If you think it's your mother, your father, your 
it's it's your fucking life, bro. You are 100% accountable for every little thing. I say, the moment that you could, and this is what I think, the moment you can say, I am 100% accountable for the everything that has happened to me, I am 100% accountable, and I take full responsibility. Until you can't say that, you will never grow. Mm-hmm. And then when you could say that, say, I'm also responsible. I'm also the one who attracts the people that are in my life. I choose to keep them in my life. Mm-hmm. The peop- everything that happens to me, I somehow attract it through the universe, through God or, or whatever you want to believe in. I believe we're, we're, we are an energy field and we bring in or we reject. And mm-hmm. that is, again, we're 100% responsible of our life. Yeah, it's amazing that you say that. And, you know, a lot of people blame their circumstances, right? I, I wait. Sorry, I gotta say something, right? I, I was talking to somebody. Like, oh yeah, but you understand? I left the house when I was young. I go, yeah. So did I. Well, I don't even have a high school diploma. I don't either. Well, you know, I wasn't raised in money. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's your story? You see, look. A lot of people just don't have the <laughs> the, the examples, right, to look up to. Uh, you know, they they've made their minds think a certain way. Because it serves them. Yeah. It serves them because it's easy to settle. It's easy to say, <sighs> I tell people, okay, it's not that bad. Guess what? If you tell yourself it's not that bad, it's bad. I tell people, is it great? Yeah. Is it great? Like, I mean, I went through divorce and some people, some people tell me, oh, it's not, you know, it's not that bad. Like, it is. It's not great. It's yeah. not what I want in my life. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, I, you know, pulling the plug on a marriage and breaking up a home, it's, f- and everything that comes with it. It's challenging it's to begin challenging. with, but in addition, when you add a child to the, very to the equation, hard. yeah. Very, very hard. And I tell people, you know what I mean? People I know who are having relationship issues, I say, guys, let me tell you, you better give your 100% and try to make this work. It's not, it's not, don't think your life will be so much better off. I say this openly. In my case, it was the best decision I ever made. People tell me, if you do it, would well, you do yeah, it again? Because, I would. Yeah, because you don't want to stay in an environment that is just bringing you down, right? I mean, and, and here's the thing. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut you off because I had this discussion with somebody. And they're like, well, you know, we're staying because of the kids. And I go, you think your kids don't feel that the two parents can't yeah. stand each other? Yeah, that's the worst thing. <clears throat> because you're raising them in an environment that isn't the most conducive, right? No. To- and it affects the kids more than the parents who are divorced and at least could find some kind of common agreement where the kid's going to find a balance and find, okay, I have one certain life this way and I have another life that way. Yeah. So, you know, it's, again, it's, and, and it, it, when we look at success, because I was doing another podcast and they asked me what success is and success at the end, for me, it's not about, oh, you know, how much money do I have? It fucking means fuck all. I, I train extremely wealthy people who are happy and others who are miserable. And I'll tell you the one common denominator I found. And, and I always share this story. Okay. I always share this story in every podcast, every interview. Because because I didn't grow up with a lot, I always thought, oh, when I make money, I'm going to be happy. I'm If I'm rich, I'll be happy. Big misconception. Big misconception. And it was one of my clients. She bought her husband a Corvette for his birthday, <laughs> right? I mean, this is an extremely... An extremely I'm laughing, sorry, I'm laughing yeah. because it's such an unrealistic image, yeah. the way that we've been brought yeah. up, right? Like, like, I mean, it was, it was, it was nothing, yeah. right? 
and they're extremely wealthy yet one of the most low key people you'll ever meet yeah and i said to her i said she she goes i bought him Corvette for his birthday. I'm like, I started laughing. And I know these people, they're like family. I've been training them for years. I'm in and out of their house. I know their kids. I train their kids. So I'm like, I go, let me ask you a question. I go, I got to ask you, how does it feel to have so much money that you could do anything you want to do? And she told me, she goes, Nick, first, you have to understand, I wasn't raised in money. Mm. We grew up in a middle class. My parents worked hard. And we only saw money a lot later. She goes, I'll tell you something. You see, all this means nothing without the love of my husband yeah. and my children That's and it. the people around me. She, and then I realized it's the quality of your relationships that determine somebody's happy. Loving and being loved, there's no price to that. Mm-hmm. And once you will fully understand that, your success becomes, yeah, I want to be successful because I want to have enough to be able like i like i tell people how much money do you need so when people tell me i'm kind of jumping into something important too i tell people define your ideal life put a price tag of how much your ideal life would look like how much do you need 100 200 half a million a million yeah then why do you need that in my ideal life i'm super successful i go to greece every summer i spend a month six weeks i go to greece sometimes twice a year yeah i have a nice house you know, modded house, I drive a nice car, I have a Jeep, I've always wanted a Jeep, I bought, fuck, I bought a Jeep. I get to travel, I have I have what I need, I don't need more. You know what I mean? And I said that, I, I, said, I said that to a friend, it's like, how many bedrooms do you need? You, you have 15 bedrooms. How many, how many do you need? Like, does each dog need a bedroom too? No, but this, this is the advice, you don't need a lot of bedrooms because someone has to clean them. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, a lot of times, how many, <laughs> how many are we? That's that's the that's the amount of bedrooms we're gonna have. Forget it. We don't need any other ones. But that, to me, that is, uh, uh, you know, at the end, success is 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 finding that balance of a happy life, a nice social life. You know, your kids are healthy. You're, you you're surrounded by good people. You're happy, man. Look, I've met people that are wealthy uh, because they were just. Uh, <coughs> You know, they were just born yeah. into into the into the wealth, and I know people that have worked really hard, and they you know they're, they're among the wealthiest people. Yeah. For so, and I respect everyone. I have nothing against yeah. anyone, but there's there's differences in character. Absolutely, and you, and you see it because, you know, on one hand, you have someone that just had everything and is just continuing, and good for you, you're continuing. That's good. You know, you you had the lucky ticket. You were born into that but, family. But, but right? you know how many people I know, the ones who are born in that. A lot of times, their parents do a disservice to them. Yeah, but it, it depends, right? It depends. It, Not it, everybody. There's exception to every yeah, case. It depends how they're but brought I've up. But yeah. I've met some who, who are born in money and never felt a purpose in their life. Yeah. Because they just followed the money trail yeah. and they followed their parents' dream and what they're supposed I, to do. I, I know, I know, I know uh, families that fit in both categories. But I can tell you one thing that the, the, the people that I know that started from nothing and they actually became something or became i mean you know something yeah you know that that, that they reached their goals let's say yeah. you know, and that they're wealthy they're usually much more down to earth yeah uh, much more open uh you can just have a normal conversation when the uh, with them there's a huge difference in character i find i i totally agree because you can't forget where you came from yeah you know what i mean um again i was training another client i mean these clients are like extremely wealthy and he was telling me his life, 
how he went through school, how his parents had, how his, the father left the mom and he had to work and, and help them. He was telling me his life and I'm thinking, I'm in this huge house. You went through that? Yeah. But people never see the journey. So we look at the person who made it all the way on top but we don't know what the person went through. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I trained Sugar Sammy, right? Yeah. Uh, he's, come, he's come on my show. And I remember Sugar Sammy when he did his first show at Coquino when I was working. And he picked up the mic and he's like, okay. And he was doing his thing. Yeah. People don't know he's been at this chopping away oh, yeah, for yeah. years to yeah. get to where he is. I, I remember, <clears throat> and I don't know how this uh, happened. I used to get emails from Sugar, uh, Sugar Sammy. I, I must have been maybe in college or something. And he was promoting his shows, and uh, he was sending emails. Yeah. I was on, on an email list. I don't even know how my email got yeah. to that uh, to, to to him, but I remember. And I was like, "Who is this sugar Sammy guy, man? <laughs> fucking sending me emails. Who is this guy? You know what I mean?" It's and back then, so yeah, no, it's 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 weird that uh, you know that people always look at the end result, right? Mm-hmm. And I was having this conversation with Pantelis, who you know obviously, yeah. and he was telling me the exact <laughs> same thing. They're like, "Who is this guy, Pantelis? Just came out of nowhere." Yeah. Yeah, just like that, man. The guy woke up and he's like a comedian and he's successful, right? People don't understand that there's so much thing happening so much. backstage. Yeah, you know? it's years. I hope Pantelis too. Like, I mean, I love, I love hearing people's stories because most people get impressed by the end result. I want to know how did you start? Yeah. What did you do? What was your journeys, your strengths, your failures? What did you learn on the way? Because it, it's the journey that that actually counts, not the end result. Is like, okay, great. I mean. When you get when you get to the end, and I tell people like I mean, and this is my my philosophy in life. I want to climb climb the forest. I want to climb the mountain, but I want to make sure that as I climb the mountain, everything that I leave behind, I plant a seed. Yeah. I inspire somebody. I don't want to burn the whole forest to get on top of the mountain, look down, and be like, I fucked all these people over. I fucking I was I did whatever I could to make it. I was cutthroat to come on top. When I hear that, I'm like. Because people tell me on business you have to be cutthroat. I go, look, maybe that's your idea. That's not mine. Yeah. That's I, I don't want to be cutthroat to make it. I want to make it with integrity all the way. So so tell me a little bit, you're <coughs> you know, you're behind the scenes, right? So how does what does like a day look like to you? Like what what what's your process? Because obviously in order to 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 make it in social media, from what I've understood, there's there has to be a consistency, right? Yeah, you, you have to maintain, which I think that's what's pretty much the hardest thing to maintain yeah. especially if you're making youtube videos and you have a loyal uh followership and they're like oh it's monday where where, where where's the, where's the episode yeah where's the show <clears throat> um give us a little bit of the background like what's the what's the process wow so the process is pretty uh i mean you look at my board i i wake up i'm, I'm up around 6 a.m uh 6 30 i start training clients in between my clients i'm filming my youtube videos or i go live uh, in between that, I work on my men's talk show. In between clients, I'm setting up meetings for the gym that we're opening. My day finishes roughly around 9 p.m. At 9, uh, I maybe I might watch 30 minutes of TV or just read or I, I try to meditate every night mm-hmm. and go to bed and repeat, man. That's it. I mean... And people are like, oh man, why do you, I go, I love, I love what I do. I love what I do so much that every day I wake up and like, I mean, I used to work at the hospital. I worked at the Jewish, right? Mm-hmm. So before I decided to, I only opened my business, Nick Home Fit, my personal training business 10 years ago. So I was working at the hospital. People would tell me, 
you know, I had a government job and I was like, man, I hate doing this. Every day I was working from 7 to 3.30, washing toilets. And at 4 to 8, I was building my business online, mm-hmm. uh, my business, my uh, my personal training business. And people tell me, well, you can't quit. You have a government job. You have benefits. I'm like, I hate what I do. Yeah. Every day waking up to the sound of an alarm clock. Every day waking up to something that you, it's fucking, it's like, it's like every day it's like you're slicing yourself. That's yeah. how I felt. Yeah. Slice. Yeah. Slice. Repeat. Now I wake up every day, whether it's Saturday, whether it's Sunday, whether it's it, it, it's irrelevant. I go on vacation. I can't wait to come back home and get back. I, I went to Greece this year and I cut my sh- my trip short a week to come back. To come back because I'm like I'm good. I feel rested. Let me come back, get my shit together. Never. And that's it. I would never. <laughs> I would never do that. But it's because I was excited to come back home yeah. and, and and start my routine. But that's amazing. See when you when you've reached that level where you're actually excited about doing things. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know what to say. I can understand how you you can leave Santorini. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm, it was the first time that people like friends went, bro. Are you? Is everything fine? I'm like, yeah. I just I want to come back home. I have new projects. I was I, even in Greece. I mean, Greece is my uh, people tell me why do you go to Greece every year? I go. It's my um, like I work. You know, eight to twelve hours a day on average. I work. You see me right now. Saturday, I'm training. Sunday, I'm training a couple of clients. Because I also feel I let down clients. I care about their them getting better, feeling better. So I'm like, I'll I'll figure it out. I just want to train you. I want you to feel better and yeah. and get to get to the objective. But Greece is my Greece is that when I go to Greece, man, I'm like I mean I do nothing. I, it's I just true, completely right? disconnect. And, it, and it's and it's almost instant, right? As soon as you come out of that airplane, you there's this relaxed thing. That it's you therapy, feel. man. It, I tell people it's I'm, fucking therapy. Yeah, I'm home. <laughs> I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I go to Sadorini. I tell my cousins and my family. I just want to play with the kids. I, wanna, I do things with my son. Yeah. Go to the beach, and I I I sometimes have to pinch myself that, holy shit. I can take off every year for a month. When, I would never think when, that would whenever, be possible. And whenever you want. <laughs> I, and, and I'm kind of smart now in the sense that I go to Greece and I always do seminars. So I, the trip kind of pays off itself. Yeah, yeah, have, like, yeah. I mean, I'll do a seminar and like I went to Crete. I trained a bunch of guys, made some money. Crete I, is beautiful. Oh, it was the first time I went. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, I loved beautiful. it. You I stayed a mean? week in Crete. Uh, beautiful, beautiful island. Um, tell me a little bit about your content. Um, how do you uh, how do you decide or how do you come up with what you're gonna teach or what you're gonna film? Um, is this organized? I mean, do you say okay, this month we're gonna talk about this, 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 this? Yeah, that's that for like YouTube. Like now, I want to do like um, a series in a bar, how to win a bar fight, because oh, you awesome. also have to use titles and stuff that are. <laughs> yeah. So I want to go <coughs> to a club and basically film. You know, I'll probably film eight to 12 videos because you don't want to overdo it too much. Like you don't want to overkill it either. So I'm going to film a series, a bar fight series, and I'm going to write down the topics and I'm going to break them down a little bit, the PowerPoints that I want to make. And then just, and I film everything with my phone now. And this is what I've learned, right? I used to use a production team and it's, it's, it's a fortune. And sometimes the videos I've done the best are just with my phone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you could take your phone and film something and do really well. Other times you could put all this money and it's going to do nothing. Yeah. It's a hit or miss, right? And then um, late, lately, for the last couple of two weeks, because I was sick, I didn't post on Instagram. But normally, my routine, like you asked me, is I wake up every morning, and one on Instagram, one on LinkedIn, one on Twitter, twice a week on YouTube. Like I have a system, and I write it down, and I have to follow it. Yeah. Because 
if you don't follow it, it's easy for you to be like, ah, I'll do it next week. So it's, if it's written, whatever I write on my board, it means I have to follow it. Yeah. So there's no skipping or missing. I'm like, I got to do it. So there's two videos a week yeah. on YouTube and then whatever the other social media. The other media. ones, yeah. The bar thing is interesting though. Eight to 12 episodes and then you're just going to spread them out, I spread guess. Spread them so out, yeah. Either once or twice a week. And I have an online program because <coughs> like, like as a personal trainer, there's only so many clients I could train a week. And I still like that personal thing because I could just focus on my online stuff. So I built an online program, a self-defense program online, like a course and I sell those as well online. So, you know, when I'm here talking to you, I'm still making sales there. Mm-hmm. I still sell 15 downloadable videos. I still make money off Facebook through other companies that take my content and give me 50%. So every oh, okay. month, every month I just, you know, yeah. get money. So I, I, I've, I've created little, I call them turbines of money, mm-hmm. right? So you make a couple hundred here, a couple hundred there. Like just residual income mm-hmm. where I could just, scale because it's all about scaling i can't scale my personal training business Mm -hmm. unless i hire trainers and i don't want to go there but the online is where the money is and where the future is and and most important i tell people what is your why eventually i want to like travel the world and be able to do everything remote that's my goal yeah So, so so your main operation is online it's not the training right right now it's kind of i would say it's kind of 70 training 30 online I want to shift it the other way. I want to do 70 online, 30 on training. Like now I train people online. So I do coaching calls online. People like, you know, I'm helping two people build their business right now. And that's that's fucking awesome because you open your laptop. Hey, how's it going? You know, this and that. Boom. Okay, what did you do? Did you do this week what you're supposed to do? Yeah, let me see it. Let me check it out. Okay, this is missing. That's missing. And it's 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 amazing. Yeah. How do you how do you wrap your how do you wrap your mind around all of this success? Uh, were you even expect? I mean, you mentioned it a little earlier, but you know, all this growth that happened, you know, over the course of the last ten yeah. years, have you like realized everything that's happened? I mean, no, no, honestly, <laughs> no, because I, 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 um, I know it's gonna sound weird what I'm gonna say. I, I don't see myself as a success in the sense that. Well, because see, you, because you keep setting uh, yeah new, new, new I, I, I keep right? objectives yeah. like 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 now like I mean I I have I I sold my I sold myself short and now I set up so high the bar of what I want like yeah. you can't imagine what, what my dreams are and my goals are but <clears throat> what I'm most proud of <clears throat> is not my success on YouTube or my training what I'm most proud of and I don't want this to sound condescending in any way i'm most proud of who i've become yeah and what i've done and against all odds and against the traditional way the system is made against all the stacks cards stacked against me i'm more proud of who i've become as a father as a person as a coach what i'm giving back more than the numbers yeah that i'm that i'm like fuck i look at myself i'm like nick fuck you did it man yeah. you did it like i mean you gotta remember i'm i'm at mcdonald's flipping burgers thinking the fuck am i gonna do in my life i have no i have no high school diploma you know i remember i'll tell you a funny story i applied for the casino yeah, yeah right and at the time i was training a guy i was like 22 23 i was doing martial arts and i was training a guy who worked at the casino and he was a pretty high position i said remy you know 
Should I say his name? I said, can you get me a job at the casino? He goes, yeah, sure, man. Like, I mean, security and everything. I'm like, great. He goes, uh, you have your high school? I'm like, yeah, I got my high school. Like, <laughs> I used to lie, right? So, uh, they, so, um, so he gets me the interview. First interview, okay. They call me back. Second interview, great. You got the job. You got to go for a physical. I go for a physical. For everything that you know, the doctor checks you out. Mm. Then they call me. They're like, okay, um, can you send us a copy of your diploma? I'm like, fuck me. They've never asked that shit. <laughs> <clears throat> so I call my best friend Eddie. I'm like, Eddie, give me your diploma. He's like, what are you gonna do? I go, I gotta forge it. <laughs> and this is like, I'm like 22 now, 20 years ago. <laughs> so I forged a diploma. I made copy. I made wow. a copy. I copy pasted. Back then, I was already fucking copy. Like I was already like, I was already. I was a hustler, man. I grew up yeah. in the streets. I knew how to fucking make shit happen. I'm like, they're not gonna check. They're just probably gonna. They want to see it. So I, I, I forged it. I sent it in. They called the school. They called me because I didn't know. I think it's RCMP or GRC that does a yeah. background check. Because think sure. about it. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. You're going to the casinos, millions of dollars, all kinds of shit. <laughs> so the woman calls me. She's like, uh, yeah, it's Mr. Josos. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. She's like, uh, we're having a problem finding your diploma. Did you actually complete it? Did you finish high school? I'm like, well, kind of. Thank you very much. Click. Click. I'm like, fuck me, man. I'm like, shit. <laughs> yeah, no, they take it seriously. The background check. Uh, and it makes sense, right? Yeah. I didn't think they were going to do that. And I mean, <laughs> and I mean, until today, like, I mean, my goal is to go back to high school when I'm like, like 50. Like, I mean, maybe not 50, but at a certain point, I want to go back and I want to do it just personally for me and be yeah. like, finish. But again, the, the hard part is, and we talked about it like, <clears throat> having ADHD and I don't like to label it because whatever I sometimes even question it if it's real dyslexia is real mm -hmm. dyslexia is real when you see like I, I mean if it wasn't for you know like how autocorrect I, I write like I'm a five-year-old and it's not my fault the B's the C's and the D's and the numbers and there's certain stuff now I don't do mm -hmm. like I mean I was in men's health magazine I wrote an article I'm like Send it to a writer, copy it, make sense out of it. Like, yeah. I, like I mean, I'm a much better speaker and listener. Yeah. Because people like people who meet me, they're like, you can't have. Like, I mean, you don't sound like you have. Yeah, but it's because it's more in reading and writing, and that's when you figure yourself. I always tell people, one the most most important thing you need to learn is figure out your own algorithm. Mm -hmm. Figure out what makes you tick. What makes you figure out what are your highs, what are your lows, what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses. Once you figure out your algorithm, then you could start working on what you want yeah. to do. But that's what I love about your other channel there, the the have the balls to talk yeah. about it. Because you, you address issues like this. And yeah. sometimes it's taboo, right? People are afraid to talk about these issues. Our, and uh, <coughs> our men's talk show is, is, I love it because, I mean, I was with Andrew here sitting and he's a urologist. And a client of mine asked me, I mean, a men question. You know, hey, you know, are you as, you know, hard down there as you? <laughs> like, I said, you know, do you know? I said, look, I, I could ask my client, Andrew, who's a doctor, and I, I'll get back to you, and I'll let you know. Like, I mean, yeah. this is a urologist, what he does. And he looks at me and goes, fuck, Nick, man, there's so many men who just are afraid to talk about it. And I'm like, yeah, we should, we should start a show. He goes, yeah, and it should be called Have the Balls to Talk About It. I'm like, yeah. A week later, a month later, we were filming. That's yeah. how fast. I don't, I'm yeah. like, I mean, I have an idea where most people will sit on a whiteboard for six months. 
me a month later, a couple of weeks later, it's fucking happening. Yeah. And it always, again, it amazes me when I'm on this show because I'm, I always think I'm like, I'm this high school dropout sitting with a doctor having a men's talk show. Like, and this is when people tell me about intelligence, there's, we measure intelligence in so many different ways and we measure it in the wrong way. Parents put too much stress on kids' education. I don't, I don't care if my son's not the smartest. Like, I mean, I don't put stress to him in school. I want him to learn other values and yeah. that, that school won't teach you. Have you at all confronted your, your teachers or, you know, the principal or anyone back from, you know, the days no, when I, you were in school? No, I, I thought about it. I thought about it. Not in any wrong way. No, Just, yeah. Just, you know, hey. Yeah. I, like, I thought about doing it and maybe one day I will and go back. And I, what I would like to do is is go to schools like uh, Chris and, and his wife, mm-hmm. Alex, she told me, would you talk like at the end of grade six? Would you, know, yeah, would you be a speaker? But yeah. I don't think they're going to like what I have to say. Because when I told her what I would say, she's like, no, no, you can't say that. I go, that's the thing. That's what I want to tell yeah. you. That's what I want to say. You know but what it's mean? cool what that school does, right? They take all the grade sixers and there's like, because they had invited me. I actually went in, uh, to speak to them. Um, and it's just <laughs> basically to... Um, uh, to tell them a little bit what to expect. You know, yeah. they're going into high school. Uh, give them a little bit of your journey. What have you done? Uh, I can understand why they're on the fence about yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Dump school. Don't worry. You're going to be successful. No, but, in but, any- but here's the thing, right? I think school is very important. Yeah. If you're going to be a doctor, you need school. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a lawyer, you need school. If you're going if, if to be an entrepreneur in today's society, school is going to help but your social skills are more important. Yeah. I've met some really smart, dumb people, <laughs> right? They've, they, their head's been stuck in a book for so many years that they're not relatable. You can't talk to them. You can't connect to them. And at the end, if you can't connect with people, you won't be able to work with them yeah. any way you look at it. So school is important. Like I want my son to go good in school. What I won't do is make it stress him out over it, is make it the number one thing. Like I want him to do his best, but... Look, we have to be honest. Some kids are just smarter than others. Yeah. We each have our strengths and our weaknesses. And the school system is outdated. We know that. Yet we're still trying to force these kids to be in it. Mm-hmm. And somebody like me back then, had I been 13, 14, and they told me, okay, Nick, you know what? I was an artist from that back then. I could paint. I could draw. Like maybe I was an artist. I love philosophy. I love being in, I love talking. I love thinking. Maybe like, okay, Nick, you know what? You're 13, 14. These are your strengths. Uh, We're going to have like an open school. You could pick whatever thing you want and you could focus. Oh, I could go learn philosophy. Wow. Okay, cool. I want to go talk. I could learn history. I love World War II history. I'll go learn that. Uh, fuck algebra I, I, a baby plus b plus c minus two i, I don't I, you could fucking cram it down my throat it's never gonna happen because they have academic advisors right i've never actually met one honestly so i have no idea how they assess uh you know the different interests that but, students but, but, may but have. sometimes what they do and it's wrong and this is what i want to teach my son is don't pick what you're good at pick what you love yeah it's not because you're good at something yeah you're supposed to do it yeah you know what I mean? I, I, I met a lawyer friend and he basically became a lawyer because he wanted to make his parents proud. And he told me, I fucking hate it, man. No. He, 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 he goes, I envy you, bro. I go, me? I go, bro, you're a fucking lawyer, man. You make all kinds of money. He goes, yeah, but it's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. And it's very common because especially with Greeks, they're like, oh, my son is this. They put all this pressure because you know why parents see it as a, as a 
reflection of their success yeah. or their failures. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, they want you to be positioned the best uh, way possible yes. to succeed in life, right? So, you know, you, you talk to my dad or my mom, they don't understand what's going on online. They don't yeah. understand, you know what I mean? For them, it's... They're probably like, take the podcast. Why are you doing this? Why are you going to talk to people now? What is this? What is the stupidity? Who are you now? Oh, you think you're a radio guy? Who knows? Yeah, but you know what? Look, at this age, you know, they can understand that I really, I don't care. But but when you're younger, they just want to put their kid in you know, the best path possible to succeed. Uh, and for them, it's, look, you got to find a good job, right? You got to get yeah. well-educated, you know, so they're thinking in their mind, you got to become a doctor, you got to become a lawyer or an accountant. Yeah. For some reason, yeah, yeah, an accountant the, is, ra- is ranked up there. No offense to any accountants out there, but so, yeah, so th- I don't think they're doing it because uh, that's w- what they want to impose. They're just doing it because... I, I, I think there's a selfish and egoistic... You think so? Intention. Yes, I do. I, I th- because because the parent is going to be my son. Well, yeah, maybe. They're, they're, maybe. Like I, I mean, I, I because at the reality, I, you know, and again, what I, I, I practice and I preach and I lead by example. That's why when people meet me on or off camera, I'm the same fucking person. I, I, I'm not. If I talk about being healthy and eating well. I eat well. Yeah. Talk about exercising. No, I there's, exercise there's, there's, de- there's definitely that the, 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 that kind of example. But I think in most cases, at least the people that I've met, they just don't know better, right? Yeah. They, they're like, look, we don't know. Uh, a lot of them, you know, don't have the education. education. They came. Yeah. They just work. They, they don't That's understand. True. Good point. You know, I, I never had my parents help me with my homework. Friends. Yeah. yeah. Like my <laughs> father's gonna it's help like, you know, with, just, yeah. Like, you know, with my orthograph yeah. or my lecture. They did their best, of course, but... And they just want to put you in that setting yeah. where you have the best chances to succeed. That's true. Good and the way they're brought up is you got to get educated. Yeah. Which is, again, which is, as, as long as, and I say this to parents, and as long as you find that balance between educating your kid, like academically, educate him emotionally and socially, like emotional intelligence. And don't, like, I mean, I only talk about this because I also hear so many parents stress out over their kids education i'm like relax your but, ki- your, but it, your kid your kid's gonna yeah. don't, you you, you don't want to stress out the kid where he doesn't sleep at night because he can't do it in school yeah. in certain asian countries these kids kill themselves they fucking kill themselves because of the pressure. you know it's only that and i'm talking to you now as a parent i have two little girls they're not in school yet and i'm worried about what is it gonna be like in 10 years from now when we went to high school yeah, there was bullying. Yeah, we bugged each other. We yeah. made fun of each other. But it ended. At the end of the day, it ended, yeah. right? That's... It stopped. Right now, I mean, there's all these social media things. They have access to all these different it follows, things The online. worst part is it follows them. They're going home and the girl's like, you see this bitch, you see this asshole. And they, they'll take pictures and they'll, they'll share them. So you're at home. Like that scares me the most. I, 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 and you know what? Like we, on our men's talk show, we had uh, a... Um, child psychologist mm-hmm. and educator and she her specialty is bullying okay and she talked about cyberbullying the different type of bullying and she goes it's 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 real and it's bad and the difference is we lived it um i would probably say our generation was probably a little bit more tougher and we're less we're less in this politically offensive correctness raised we're like okay fuck it you know we'd say fuck you we'd scrap it out we'd maybe get a beating whatever it is today we're all like taught to be you know don't offend and and respect and yeah but i mean it gets to the point where you know if a kid hits another kid they're both in trouble i'm like why this kid fucking 
pushed him and he defended himself. Yeah. What are you teaching the kid who's not fighting back? Sit down and get a beating? Yeah. You don't you have the right. I told my son, you have the right to defend yourself. If anybody touches you, you defend yourself. Yeah. And if I have to go to the school, I'll go to the school. Yeah. And I think that at the same time, we need to build our kids like strength and character because if they're bothered by what's happening in school now, their life won't be any easier later because your boss could be a bully, your wife could be a bully, a friend, a co-worker, you know, so whatever I, I, they're experiencing I'm, I, I, now. Honestly, I'm not even thinking that far. I'm just thinking, okay, elementary school, maybe high school, like what are the repercussions that all, you know, all these different uncontrollable forces can have, right? I mean, we don't know what social media is going to be like in 5, 10, 15 years from now. I know, it's, right? it's, it's, it's scary because I, I, I'm always trying to think. Sometimes I take like, time and i just think i'm like okay what's 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 the next thing coming what can i catch on yeah and the thing is this that you're thinking okay how can i prepare myself yeah to kind of pick these things out right like my kid's gonna walk home and is she gonna be okay can i detect certain things can i intervene and you know we're having this discussion now with my wife where we're, we're like let's just start developing this atmosphere where we're able to just communicate and just let the kids come and so they can be comfortable whether they're happy or whether they're sad uh let's just do that right that's the best approach if and, you ask me that's that that that, that honestly is- it just scares me man I, I don't want my kids to just be like I can't tell my parents this and then just suffer for like years. You know? I, I think that really depends on you as parents, myself as well, is the level of trust that I could build to my son and say, look, whatever it is, even if you fucked up, I'm here for you. Yeah. Does it mean I told my son, if you fuck something up, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to support you because you're my son. I'm going to support what is right. Yeah. But whatever it is, you could come to me. My dad was like that. My dad, well, he's still like, well, <laughs> he doesn't, his, his opinion doesn't really matter now. I mean, we're all old, but I remember going out when we were young and he's like, do whatever you want, but just don't end up in jail because I won't come and get you out. <laughs> like, all right, thanks, man. <laughs> but uh, no, that, that, that's one thing that really preoccupies me a lot, you know. Uh, my kids are young, obviously. They're, they're at that stage of innocence. They haven't seen things yet, right? Um, but you're in the crucial years of development. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I'm thinking about this now because my daughter, like next year, she'll be going into elementary school, right, or kindergarten, whatever it is. And and you know, you know, they start bullying already from there. Meaning bullying. I don't think they're aware they're bullying, and it's kind of the proof that bullying existed, exists, and will always exist. Mm-hmm. This idea that we're going to get rid of it. I tell people, you guys are living in fa- la la land. It's yeah, like yeah. saying we're going to end all war. It's never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Right, and what we could do is build the child's character and strength to be able to stand up for herself at that age. Yeah. At that age, to be able to be like, "Hey, that's wrong. That's wrong. Yeah. Don't touch me." Or even if she has to push back as somebody pushes her. And at that age, I believe, and maybe I'm wrong, but this is my opinion. And at that age, you start teaching them already self-respect and the value of themselves first. Yeah, and like that. They stop it and it never becomes a behavior that's repeated where that's the girl who's going to get bullied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because they target you after, right? Yeah. You just can't get away from it. And and then what happens is it becomes wired and programmed in your system where I'm a victim. Oh, here it is again. I'm getting bullied. And then it only gets worse and worse and worse. All right, let's close it up. I know that you're busy. Um, Anyone watching that wants to start, um, you know, uh, dipping into their creative uh, sense uh, they want to grow uh, 
social media channel, you become a YouTuber, um, any advice that you can give me? First, um, pick content, pick something that you love doing and that you're good at. Two, don't focus on the money. Focus really on the journey and have fun with it. Be consistent. Write a plan out. Okay, I'm going to post every Tuesday and Thursday on YouTube, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Instagram. One on LinkedIn. Like, create a system and stick to it because the name of the game is consistency. Yeah. Quality or quantity? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, quality or quantity? You know what? If I had to pick one, right? Because I would say it's a little bit of both. If I had to pick one, I would say quality, uh, quantity, because yeah. it's a numbers game. Yeah, it's a number. The more you put out there, the more chances you have of a video or something going up. As long as you're creating. Yeah, quality is important. But if I had to focus more, I would downsize the quality, and up the quantity. Yeah, awesome, dude. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Uh, obviously, I've been following you, and I'll continue to follow you. George, thank you so much, man. It was a lot of fun being on your show, man. This is fun. It's awesome what you're doing. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, you know, we're doing, uh, I'm doing my best. And like you said before, this for me is just something that's fun, right? So, you know, if I can find people that are interesting and that can share their story um, and, you know, their contribution to society, that's what I'm looking for. And uh, thanks, man. Awesome, man. Thanks. Cool.